0: Give a big welcome to the chaplain Richmond, all the men and women in Virginia Corrections. Honored to have you here. High five somebody and you can be seated. High five somebody and you can be seated. Well, we're finishing up a series today and I'll tell you a little bit about that in just a second. But I want to look in the room at the back of the camera, the back of the room back of the room where the camera is and say, good morning to the chaplain Richmond, Scott's edition. We love what God's doing in the city. And of course, all the men and women in Virginia uh, correction facilities that are joining us live streaming today we love you you're a people not a project and of course i think we got one two three lobbies going today so lobby one two three we love you we're honored to be a part of what god's doing here in our church and i just gotta brag on you for just a second we've we started a little extra parking at clover hill high school here in midlothian down the street and so i thought about i thought the uh, vision behind it was like get a little exercise and a little movement and, and 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 then i realized they're giving out donuts over there so get a donut and work it off and uh so but thanks for helping us uh make a little space and somebody told me they came to 9 30 couldn't get in so we're we're tweaking a few things but huge thank you to those of you that are part of next and are just giving generously to help us expand this location and uh build more parking spaces and more seats for people to know and love jesus so thank you and and, and i want to give the biggest um just brag on you you just finished 21 days of prayer we had hundreds of people coming out in the morning morning and it was incredible and i mean i mean to spend 21 days just praying for our city and for our community for our leaders for our governor for our for our schools for god's blessing to be uh, on our church and so i think you can tell how important. somebody said you can tell how popular a church is by how sunday mornings attended but you can tell how popular jesus is by how many people come to a prayer meeting and so I just want to say I'm so proud of you and so thankful for what God's doing and preparing our hearts for uh, the exciting thing he has ahead of us and next weekend we're starting a brand new series on relationships so I can't wait for that and we'll, we'll let the one who designed us define us and we'll look at God's good plan for relationships but we're going to end our series today uh, on prayer this whole month you know we start our year in prayer and we, st- we kind of tied the first part of our year to God in prayer and that that's what we're doing uh today we end that 21 days and move into a new series um next week but have you ever been reading in the bible and you come across the list of names in a chapter and it says this person you know gave birth to this person gave birth to this person gave birth i mean just name after name and and This person begat, you know that? Begat this person, begat this. In fact, if you're in the one-year Bible, you're just thankful that that day you have a Psalm and a Proverb, you know? And uh, how many, maybe we could confess, how many of you have ever been in a chapter like that in the Bible, and instead of reading every name, you skipped a couple verses. Come on, just raise your hand, confession time. Okay, all of us. Those of you that read every name, prove it. You know what I mean? Like... uh, (laughs) Uh, but you know, in the middle of all those names, in fact, the, the reason those exist in the Bible is to show that Jesus was coming through the nation of Israel, to God's long promised Messiah. So ultimately, Mary begat Jesus. How many you know that's a big one? And, uh, but, um, but in the middle of those lists, we can kind of gloss over, sometimes God will give like a gem of truth, and, and that's what happens in 1 Chronicles. There's a list of 600 names. I mean, just name after name, after name, after name. Uh, uh, saying who was born and who gave birth to who. And then we come across one uh, name that the author pauses and gives us a little teaching on and his name is Jabez. And let me show you it. First Chronicles 4, in the middle of a run-on list of 600 names, God kind of pauses and says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain how many would like your mom to name you pain what should i call him pain we're not sure if the labor was unusually painful or the family was in a series of pain we don't know exactly the reason why she named him pain but can we all agree this is a tough name to get pain pain it's dinner time pain come on how many don't, I, i'm there's so many things i'm thinking of saying that i'm not right now right I mean think of this Javis we don't know the circumstances of why he he was a uh, name pain but we do know he got the name pain and let me just pause and say this your name may not be pain but if you live long enough in life you will experience pain Anybody ever been disappointed come on right like come on anybody anybody ever ever thought to yourself where we should eat for lunch today is Chick-fil-A and you pull up you pull up next to it and you realize it's a Sunday come on somebody <laughs> In fact, if Chick-fil-A ever watches this, I have this idea for Chick-fil-A. I've never shared it in public. Can I share it? That you open on Sunday, but you double your prices and give it to World Missions, and we will be your faithful followers. Come on, somebody. So that's for free in Chick-fil-A. but no. Uh, but, but so, so we're not exactly sure why the disappointment or why the pain, but, but Jabez's name is pain. And, and it, uh, it includes a little prayer that Jabez prays. The Bible says Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so I'll be free from pain. And I love this. And God what? And God granted his request. God granted his request. I want to teach us how to pray a prayer that God answered in Jabez's life as we're ending this season of prayer for things he prayed for. But, you know, I was amazed looking at this prayer in a fresh way this week that Jabez doesn't really pray about his pain. And I was thinking how unlike us is that? If we're praying and in the middle of pain, we'd start with like, look, Lord, help me with this pain. Like, get rid of this pain. Give me some relief from this pain, you know. But it's interesting to me that pain prays and doesn't talk about it's pain. And in fact, I I wrote this down. For most of us in life, our problem isn't our problem. Our problem is we don't have anything bigger in our life than our problem. And so all we pray about and all we talk about is our problem, our disappointment. And I'm not saying there isn't such a thing as disappointments in life. There is. Uh, There are challenges and obstacles, but I'm saying we become obsessed with those things. How many know what you focus on magnifies? Right, where where your eyes are fixed determines the direction of your life. And Jabez, rather than being obsessed about his pain and letting worry just be or prayer just be worrying in God's direction, he has some other things that sprinkle in his prayer. And I want to just encourage us today when we're going through seasons of pain to not just be solely fixated on our pain. Which magnifies it, but to have another sense of calling, something bigger in our life that our focus is there, that that can drive us and call us. What we focus on drives the uh, direction of our life. I remember my dad was a little OCD about the lawn. He wanted me when I was a kid to mow in straight lines. Where are the people that are like my dad? Come on, I'm kind of like that. To like just boom, I want it straight. So my dad would come out when I was done mowing the lawns, and he'd inspect the lawn. And he'd stand with me and and we'd look at the lines and he'd say, what do you see there? And I would say, I see creativity, you know. (laughs) And he said, well, tell me what you're doing. I said, well, dad, I try my best to to mow in a straight line. In fact, I want to please you so bad that I was just looking down and I said, I just looked down with the mower and I'd say, just mow in a straight line, mow in a straight line. And And he taught me something as a teenager that when you look, down you can't mow in a straight line because you're looking too directly down he said i need you instead of staring down where you're mowing i need you to look up and fix your eyes on a on a object in the in the distance and instead of looking down i need you to look up and move to because when you look up and move towards something you'll be able to move how many know when you fixate and you look down and you, you get all but, but how many know when you look up and you have something bigger to look at it drives the direction of your life and, and that's, that's Jabez's story. He doesn't get stuck in his pain. He doesn't get caught in his pain. And, and he moves towards God's good plan. So I want to give you the four things Jabez uh, prayed. And, but the first one I want to show you in King James Version, just because I like the way it sounds for no other reason. He says, oh, 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 thou that, oh, that thou would bless me indeed. Come on. Let's go old time KJV. Can we today? Come on. Let's say it out loud together. Oh, that thou would... Bless me indeed. I love that indeed. I don't want you to just be blessed. I want to be blessed indeed. Let me give you four things we should pray for right from this verse. Here's the first thing. We should pray for what? Come on, we should pray for for blessing. Maybe you're new here today and you say, "Uh uh-oh, is this one of them prosperity churches? Okay. And I want to just put you at ease. We're not a prosperity church, okay? Uh, And and, and you know what? If you've been a part of those prosperity churches, you know the pastor owns a jet and his wife has really big hair. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Lots of makeup and looks like she lost the paint gun war. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Gold chairs and you know that whole thing. we're We're not a prosperity church. You know, blab it, grab it, say it, spray it, name it, claim it confess it, possess it. I've got several more. I'll hold them back, but... I mean i mean there i mean i i mean I, I get that this this god's a genie you rub the bottle he answers your request god exists to to make you you know you, to give everybody a corvette you know what i mean and and that's his goal in heaven you know and and uh, so so we're not a we're not a prosperity church in that kind of way so i can put you at ease but let me also say this you can't get around the fact in the bible that god really also does like to bless his people and, and so I think because maybe one stream of the church took this teaching to in, in a selfish extreme and turned God into a cosmic genie answering our requests, maybe some streams of the church have not looked at the fact that God wants to bless us. And so I just want you to know, for 21 days, I've been praying over your life that God would bless you. you know, And I know some churches you can go to, they're like, I'm praying that God will make you miserable, holy but miserable. You know what I mean? How many would just take some blessing right about now, right? I could turn, listen, there are hundreds of verses I could turn to. But I'll just show you a couple. Psalm 5 says this, For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous you surround them with favor as with a shield. How many want your life surrounded like a shield, but a shield of God's favor, right? And blessing. John, the apostle literally said this, beloved, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your souls prosper. So in the Bible, there is the desire that God would bless his people, that God would be faithful to his people, that God would meet the needs of his people, that he would bless his people and In fact, I pray that God would bless you and bless me because unless you're blessed, you can't be a blessing to other people. In fact, I've actually prayed this. I used to pray when we moved to Richmond 11 years ago, the church was in the red most months. And so we were just, man, we were praying. I was praying that the church would not be badly in the red every month. That was my faith prayer. Like, Lord, if we would just only lose a few thousand this month, that'd be great. And then over the years, God met our needs. And then a couple of years ago, I said, well, what if I pray that God would give us more than we need? What if God gave us more than we need so that when we see the needs around us, we could actually be a blessing to other people, right? What if when the requests came in and benevolence and people's lives fell apart and there was hunger, what if we could just actually move? And and so we did this over the last few years. You'd be proud of your church board. We operate with a margin at the end of the month so that we can respond in generosity. Come on, somebody, to the needs of those around us, right? and I pray that over your life, too, that God would bless you. Because when, what God blesses to you, he'll bless through you. And it's this idea of, God, would you set your hand upon my business and my life? And, and if you'll bless me, God, I'll be able to be a blessing to those around you. So he prayed for blessing, right? He prayed for blessing. And then he said, God, would you do this? Would you would you take my place of influence and my ministry? Would you enlarge my territory, So not only does does Jabez pray for blessing, but maybe just write this down. He prays for his influence. He says, God, I'm praying that you would open up doors of ministry for me. Enlarge my territory, okay? It's a picture of influence, It's a picture of the ministry God would give them and that God would open doors. Do you know that's true? When God sets his hand on people's lives, he gives us gifts and talents and abilities, Right. And he gives us those things that we might be faithful to do works of ministry. In fact, you should know this at the chapel. We don't believe there's a couple of ministers called pastors around here. No, we believe all of us are called to ministry, right? All right, this side gets it. Come on. Oh, what about over here? Come on. (laughs) All of us are called to ministry, right? Yeah, like we're all of us called. to. Just turn the person next to you and tell them you're so gifted. Come on, tell them that. Tell them in the lobby. Come on, tell them I see you. You're so gifted, right? In fact, the book of Acts tells us what happens when God comes on the church. The Bible says in the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Well, what happens after a 21 days of prayer like we've been through when God pours out his spirit? He tells us really, cl- really clearly, your sons and your daughters, they're gonna have gifts. They're gonna prophesy. Your young men are gonna see visions. Your old men are gonna dream dreams. It's a picture of God working in the young and in the old and in the everything in between. And so if you're young here today, I'm here to tell you, God has a vision for your life And if you're old here today I'm telling you God still has dreams For you to dream Right Where are the young people Just raise your hand Come on Now where are the old people Come on No okay You say I don't know Just ask the person next to you Am I old Don't answer There's a problem over here I see Somebody just found out They were old Aren't you glad to be a part of a church where we have old and young, multi-generational church? I love that about the chapel. In fact, let me say this, because I'm kind of caught right in between these two groups. And I want to say this. Every young person, we need to value and honor. I know in the culture we're living in right now, if it's new, it's trendy and right. I'm telling you, the Bible says gray hair is a crown of righteousness. And we honor those who have wisdom today. We honor you. We need you in the faith. So take that. Somebody said, well, I asked my friends what to do. Well, they don't know any better than you. So ask somebody older than you. You're asking your friends, they don't know anything. I'm telling you they don't know anything. I'm helping you today, aren't I? And uh the Bible says, God I love this that when God comes on people, He gives them ministry, visions, dreams. I prayed this prayer, Lord, just let me see your dream for my life. Probably every pastor has a pastor uh hero. And I have a pastor hero. Katie and I lived in Birmingham, Alabama for a few years, and Uh, one of the great churches in america was built there by a pastor named chris hodges and so i always had a dream of meeting chris hodges and so a few years ago pastor chris hodges was speaking at a conference about 40 minutes from here a little south of here and uh one of our kj our student pastor found out that chris hodges was speaking and he somehow worked it out that i got to pick up my pastor hero chris hodges from the airport and so I was like so pumped about it. And a few days before picking out the airport, I found out where the conference was and it was down uh, kind of near Hopewell. And so I said, what's a nice restaurant down there? And I knew they uh, built a new uh, boathouse down there. So I told, I told Katie, I said, I want you to make reservations for me that night for Pastor Chris Hodges and, I and a couple of us to have dinner that night. And she said, you're getting to have dinner with Chris Hodges? I said, well, no one's told me that, but I wanna be prepared just in case. And she said, he's not, he's just flying in to do a couple quick sessions. He's not gonna have dinner with you. And I said, well, who knows? Let's just, let's just give me a shot. Make the reservations just in case, okay? And so I I emailed his assistant. I got his perfect drink order. Come on, Starbucks. He shows up off the plane. I said, sir, I have your, it was like a specific order. I was like, it's a double monkey. You know how it is. It's another language at Starbucks. And he's like, what? How'd you know that? I was like, no problem, sir. I know your underwear size too. I know everything, you know, okay. Okay. I mean, I, I was like ready, prepared. And uh, so he's like, okay. And so we're at the first session that afternoon and, he get, and it's the, one of the network leaders says, do you want to get dinner? He says, no, I re- I'm just traveling. I'm busy day. I'd probably just go to the hotel, get a quick nap, rest, and then I'll come back for the session. I was like, ah, nah, I can't believe it. So we get in the car and as we're driving, he says, you know, I am a little hungry. And I realize he just doesn't want to go out with a big group. And he says, do you know of a place? And I said, well, as, as strange as it is, I have reservations. <laughs> in like 30 minutes and he goes for who and I was like this is awkward but (laughs) sir I have reservations for us and he's like he's he's like wow and I'm like you got it so we go to the boathouse and I gotta tell you I'm I I can't eat some seafood because of its texture okay so he says to me what we need to get is oysters and I said (laughs) I said, I can't think of anything I would rather do right now than eat oysters. And he gets this large one, and he's like, you eat this. And I'm like, this is just thank you, Lord. <laughs> and those of you that like, like oysters, I don't get it. It tastes like whale snot. The consistency <laughs> is just disgusting. It's just incredible to me. And- So that was a lesson to my wife to never question me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Here's what I'm saying. That's probably like so small to you. But I want you to know for me, I just prayed and I gave God a little space. And I said, Lord, if there's any chance this could. And and you know what? I, I believe God actually specializes if we'll reach out in faith in showing themselves strong. Maybe that's a little thing to you. It wasn't to me. And I've been praying over our lives that God will give us fresh dreams and fresh visions. Some of you stop dreaming of what God's called your life to. Somehow the pain of life has taken the wind out of your sails and God's telling you today, you stop dreaming again, stop pushing again, stop believing me again. He's saying, listen, I believe my young men are gonna dream dreams. My old men are gonna see visions. I'm gonna speak in and through you. I'm gonna set my hand on you and I'm gonna enlarge your territory. I'm praying in 2023 that God would give increasing influence in your life and your situation. And you say, why do you need that? I'm just telling you, I could camp out here all day. We need more believers involved in every sphere of life, not just cursing the darkness, but creating new culture that glorifies God. We need business people that honor God with their business. We need artists that honor God with their artists. We need, we need people with creativity and drama and music. We need the God's people like salt and lights, uh, peppered as seasoning in the world around us, making this world sweet so that God can get all glory. Enlarge my territory. then he prays this and I love it. He says, let your, this is so good. Let your hand be with me. Okay. Let your hand be with me. He prays not only for blessing and not only for ministry, just write this down. This is so helpful. He says, God, I'm really going to need your presence. He says, God, set your hand on me. This is a picture in the Bible of God's empowerment. In fact, do you actually know the word pro- prosper in Hebrew is the word selach, okay? And, and it literally means to take your hand and to, and to push someone forward further than they could go on their own, Right. I'm, it reminds me of when I first moved to Richmond and I took my family to Maymont Park, okay? Ever been to Maymont? It's beautiful. There's, but It's great going down on the way there, but on the way back, it's all uphill. I remember saying to my son, just walk behind me and put both hands in the small of my back and just help me up this hill. How many need God's help to be who he's called you to be, right? That's what what it means. That's what empowerment, his hand on us, his presence. It's saying, God, I'm going to do my best to be the dad, the best dad I can be. But at the end of the day, I'm going to come up short, so I'm going to need your hand. I'm going to do my best to be the best pastor I can be. But at the end of the day, I'm in over my head. So I'm going to need you to take your hand and put me. I'm going to need you. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me, right? it's god's presence in my life and in our church and some people ask me what kind of church we are and i I love this phrase it's kind of growing in our church we're a church we believe the bible but we're 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 presence driven church okay where god's presence has come to meet with us look what the bible says of the early church and the lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and what turned to the lord A great number of people, what, believed and turned to the Lord because of how savvy their chapel logo was. A great number of people believed and turned to the Lord because of how good their music was. A great number of people turned to the Lord because of how handsome their pastor was. Nope. What lets a great number of people Turn to the Lord, God just doing for us what we couldn't do for God, just setting his hand on it. I'd rather be a part of a church that doesn't get everything perfect, that has God's hand set on it than a church that gets it all right how many know we need god's hand on us right first corinthians 14 the bible says people will come in and they'll fall down on their face and say surely the lord is among you why not because of how clever our buildings are listen i'm excited you're gonna love the new building it's gonna be beautiful but listen it's not about building or sound systems or parking lots come on it's about god's hand touching us and then a great number of people. In fact, Moses put it this way. He was so desperate. He said, if your presence, God, doesn't go with us, we won't even leave this spot, right? That's what 21 Days of Prayer is saying. It's us coming up on the edge of 2023 and saying, God, I'm not even stepping into next year, this year, unless you go with us, right? I need your presence in my life. I need your presence in my family. I need your presence. How many know we need God's presence, Right? In the Old Testament, it was sometimes called anointing. It just meant the the hand of God, the energy of God. I had somebody say to me, I really love the chapel. I love the energy of the chapel. I just don't like the Holy Spirit stuff. And I said, no, I get what you mean. There's been some, how many know there's some weird churches? Can we just acknowledge that? Come on. I had a friend in Bible college who said, if it's odd, it's God. And he lived that mission out better than anybody I'd ever met. I know, I know there's some weirdness. I'm not talking about weirdness. I'm just saying it's, it's a sense of God setting it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the, I said to this person, listen, the energy you like is the Holy Spirit. Like, how many just know we need God's presence, right? So he prayed for blessing. I love that. He prayed for ministry. I love that. He prayed for God's presence. And look at how he ends this prayer. Man, we need to pray this in our world. And God, keep me from harm, right? jesus taught us to pray this didn't he he said uh, our father art in heaven but at the end he said and deliver us from evil right how many know we live in a world where we need to keep me from our all harm here it is right here we need to pray for come on somebody pray for what for protection right we need to pray for god's protection over our life over our family over our community in fact peter warns us of the fact that we have an enemy do you know we have an enemy You know that, right? And we're not the church that sees a devil under every bush. You know, somebody's like, well, the devil killed my transmission. Well, you also didn't get an oil change. So you've given them a lot of material to work with, you know. So I'm not talking about a devil under every bush. I'm not talking about that kind of scare tactic kind of stuff. But how many know we do have a real enemy, right? Peter tells us this, the early follower of Jesus, your enemy. And then he names them. Come on, somebody. The what? The you know 60% of Christians don't believe there's a real devil well that's a problem because you need to know there's someone else to kill you okay like that would be helpful info wouldn't it he says your enemy the devil and he's not just neutral look at these words right out of first Peter 5 he's prowling around like a roaring lion (laughs) have you ever watched National Geographic you got the gazelle this big man moving you know what i mean like the gazelle bouncing through and then you got you got the one male lion who lets out a roar he lets out a roar and the gazelle hears the sound of the roar and he moves away from him well this has been worked out in the animal kingdom where the male lets out the roar but the female lions are hiding in the in the brush why because women have always had to do all the hard work to get the food where are the women here? and the man's just yelling that's so good isn't it it's in the bible and uh so so the enemy's got a plan and then the gazelle and then you got you got the And I'm watching it with my daughter and she's like, let it get away. And I'm like, I'm kind of rooting for the lion. Does that make me a bad guy? I'm just curious. Anybody else rooting for the lion? They got to eat too. Okay, 11 of us. Let's start a small group. And I just had this thought in my mind, Chapel, that, that if you're not careful, if, you don't, if we don't know there's an enemy, then here's what happens we're just kind of tiptoeing through life and we don't realize we're in a battle to be devoured, calling to resist. And we're just kind of flitting around and the enemy of our soul is seeking to devour us. And this is why Jabez says, protect me from all harm. It's why Jesus says, deliver us from evil. Probably in the Greek, it would be better translated, deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 40, when Jesus is preparing for ministry, the devil waits till he's weak at the end of a 40-day fast, and he tempts him three times that he might that he might stop Jesus' ministry at the start of his ministry, that it might get him to compromise his calling. And we live in a battle for our own soul. In fact, that's why we've done 21 days of prayer it's in fact I think it's the genius of that one song that was written that says I'm in a battle but when I fight I'm fighting in a different way I'm fighting on my knees because it's a reminder to us that somebody said prayer is not only communion with God it's confrontation with the enemy right it's saying, yes, yes. I'm just praying to Jesus. Absolutely, I'm talking to Jesus. Absolutely. But there are also moments I'm standing in the gap for my kids. And I'm saying, devil, you cannot have my kids. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ over my son, over my daughter, over my family, over my future, over my city, over this community, oh God. Because, because you are able to do. And I, we're battle. How many know we're in a battle, right? Not just It's not, it's not just tiptoe. It's Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God. Paul says, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then he tells us the only way we can do it is not with our own weapons. He says, put on this armor, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, our feet, where you would have the ability to stand in the ancient world with spikes on the end, you know, fitted with the gospel of peace, a shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one, a sword of the spirit, that we're literally, we're in a battle. But the good news is God's given us his Armor. I love what the psalmist says. He says, I called on the Lord who's worthy of praise, and he saved me from what? From my enemies. Protect me. I love what he says. Let the high praise of God be in their mouth. And he says, it'll have a power of war power and a two edged sword in their hands. Yeah, I believe prayer is just learning to talk to God, but prayer is also learning to take enemy territory and to stand against the one who wants to destroy and say, God, I'm submitting to your plan and your purpose. We're coming to the end of 21 days of prayer. And I'd be honored today to just pray a prayer over you, over your family over your business, over your ministry. Could I do that today? Come on, in jail cells, and in the lobby, in Scottsdale. Come on, if you're comfortable, just hold a hand like this out to kind of open. So God, I just pray for your people today. We're finishing up three weeks of prayer and oh, how you've met us, God, in great ways. Now, God, thank you for the privilege to pastor people who are praying people. I just pray over their families today, God. I pray unapologetically that you would bless them, God. I pray we'd hear testimonies in 2023 of you just doing more than we could ask or think or imagine. Bless their marriages. Bless their children, oh God. Bless their moms and dads. Bless their studies, Lord. Bless their investments. Bless their creativity. God, I pray you'd enlarge their territory, that you'd give them more influence in ministry, that you'd give them dreams of the kind of God things you want to do through their lives. That in these rooms today, there would be brand new creators of music and brand new architects and people that would build things and create businesses and make opportunities that would bring you glory and honor. People that would care medically for others and love and support and use whatever way you've gifted them, oh God, to glorify your name and for the good of other people, God. Oh God, I pray your hand would be on us. All of us, we need your hand, God. Thank you that Jeremiah tells us that your hand is not too short, that it cannot reach. So would you reach down from heaven in 2023 and set your hand upon your people? God, pray over this wonderful church family as their pastor. I just pray you'd keep them from all harm. Deliver them from the evil one. God, I stand in the gap for them today. God and I declare that Satan, his demon forces, the powers of evil have no power over the name of Jesus. So I pray over their families and their future and their, their lives and everything they set their hand to do. Oh God, the name of Jesus would be big upon them. The protective hand of God as they travel. Oh God, you'd protect them physically and you'd protect them spiritually and you protect them. You know, everything their hand sets to do. Oh God, they do it with all their might and you'd get glory in their, in their lives and in their ministries, in their businesses, in their families, in their workplace. God, I pray for fresh dreams fresh vision with our heads bowed and our eyes closed if you're here today and you're not sure you have a relationship with God I'd love to pray for you today I won't embarrass you I promise I'm almost done I promise but if you're here today and you say pastor I'm not sure where I'm at in my own relationship with God and today I want to give my life to Jesus I'd love to pray for you you might be on the other side of a screen in a jail cell today but you could I still want everybody to raise their hand. Come on, in the lobby or in this room, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need to give my life to Jesus, would you pray for me today? Just raise it up quick and put it right back down. Just raise it up quick. Yes, thank you. Are there others? You just raise your hand up quick. Yes, thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. Yes, young man. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. So God, right where we're seated, you know where we are physically, online, wherever. God we know we're sinners but you sent your son Jesus to give us a new start so we're going all in with you today we open our hearts and lives to you would you come in and take residence would you live in us we believe you died on a cross and on the third day rose from the dead to give us a new start to take away our sin and shame and to give us hope thank you that you demonstrated your own love for us in this while we were still sinners Jesus you died for us so you simply say, God, I open my heart to you. I love you. I confess you as Lord and the Savior of my life. Save me. And by your grace, I'll serve you all the days of my life. For I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Chapel, tons of people took steps of faith. Can we tell them we're proud of them today? Come on. Yeah. To the lobby and Scott's edition. The jail. Well, man, I'm so proud of you. We got first Wednesday this week, brand new series on relationships next week. But I'd, I'm just going, our, our band will sing us out, but I thought I would just uh, pray over you as you go. So would you stand all over this room, and stand in the lobby. Hey, I want us to do something different today. Um, I want us to say the Lord's Prayer together as we leave. That's a great prayer. Jesus taught us to pray. And I know this is kind of, you know, you say a little bit ecumenical, but I got just a little ecumenical in me, I guess. But, so if you're comfortable, let's lift our hands all over this room and pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, come on, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who... And lead us not into, but deliver us from... For thine is the kingdom... And the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. And everybody said together, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next weekend. See you next week. God bless you, everybody. God bless you.